mental health can be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pibworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode in the mental health stories section of the podcast. So this week I was watching a video on YouTube that someone had sent me by a guy called Michael Stone and one of the lines that really struck me was when he said, I think the most radical thing you can do in a culture is to tell the stories that are not being told. And that's what I see this space as. It's a space to tell the stories that are not necessarily being told. Stories that break away from mainstream narratives, but shed a light on the unique way that we all experience life. So this is a place for people to share their story and a space for you to listen. These stories are going to come from different perspectives. Some are going to be about particular diagnosis. Some are going to be much more general. Um, And uh, I've basically tried to make this space as open as possible. It doesn't necessarily need to be a story of redemption or how I overcame such and such, because that's not how life works. But some of them will be. While we all experience life in a very unique way, I think the sharing stories, we can start to understand that there is no normal, there are no shoulds, and that we can give ourselves permission to be who we are. By sharing our experiences, we can break down stigmas and allow more people to thrive. So today, this space will be handed over to someone to tell their story of living with dissociative identity disorder, or DID for short. It wasn't something that I'd come across before, so it felt like a real privilege to be invited in to listen. For a little bit of background, if you don't know, DID is also sometimes known as multiple personality disorder, and it's characterised by at least two distinct and relatively enduring personality states. Because of the sensitive nature of some of the experience shared here today, uh, they asked to be anonymous at this point, so... I'll play the recording now and let the story speak for itself. Because we have DID and so there's multiple personalities within within one one physical body, we have um, different conversations going on inside. So sometimes we pause to listen to what someone else is telling us to say. <laughs> which might get annoying but um but I think I think probably the thing that you know people people tend to say to you is um to us is um is, is oh you know when when did you know when did you, when did you know you had the ID and, and or when um you know when was when when did it happen and it and it's it's one of those things that is um, almost completely, completely hindsight in that you, we know, so you, we kind of want to say, well, before we had DID, um, you know, we were like this, but but actually. Um, which is what sort of five years ago, I guess it wasn't that we didn't have DID then; it was that we didn't know we had DID then um, because our parts were still living very much um, under the under the radar. They were in, internal, and and any any notion that we had of 
having more than one thought at once we just thought was a was an idiosyncrasy so we thought maybe we had um you know, we knew we had depression we knew we'd had anxiety ever since again in hind well diagnosed since 17 and in hindsight going back all the way to to, to childhood um you know anxiety as, as a as a as a child even sort of going to school age and that sort of stuff and then you kind of um we just knew there was something it's like we knew there was something wrong but we didn't know what it was and we knew that we were exhibiting <laughs> say strange behavior but that um i mean and then we didn't refer to ourselves in the plural you'd only say i but it doesn't feel right to say we do say I, depending on who's, if if I was talking just to you, I'd, about my own feelings about stuff, but because the purpose of this is to talk about a collective, it seems only respectful to everyone else inside to sort of make it plural. Um, I think that kind of, I guess that must take a bit of getting used to from other people, but to us it feels, it's just, it's just how it is. Um... And I think um, I think the 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 biggest probably the, the the most important thing about where we've got to today is that we haven't we've never settled for. Um, We've never been content to not know um, what what our diagnosis is, or now we're finding out, you know, what happened in the past that we were amnesic over, and um, and so when our doctors, we didn't just accept a, a diagnosis of depression or um, uh, or try to, you know, self medicate or whatever. We were like, no, there's something not right. There's something not right, and so we've been through. Pretty, pretty much everything, everything, every available option there is out there to try and 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 be not be better, but to function better. So, um, because it's like you kind of think the rest of the world can't be living with this daily dread that we're living with, and we used to say that we used to say we felt dead inside when there was only one part that was, you know, our external part that was sort of going through life was like, um, was like a shell. Um, one of our younger parts, um, he used to say, he's, he's nine, he used to say it's like, um, it's like being Iron Man without having Tony Stark inside it. It's just the suit. Um, but now we kind of know more about who's inside. So it, it helps it's like getting back um, it's like getting back your whole personality so it's like again it's sort of sometimes you think would I rather be singular but I can't be because I've never been I've never been only one person and I think that's where a lot of people, where a lot of the stigma comes with DID is that people think that 
people think that you have treatment and that the treatment will will fix you and will put you back to one person and that you'll get rid of all your other parts. And I think it used to be the case that therapists thought that was what they had to do. And actually we did have a therapist at one point who kept talking about integration and when you're integrated. And But the 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 thinking now is that you you can't you can't put a we've we've never been one we've never been one we've we've always most did is perhaps perhaps reasonable to say is is that did is 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 categorized as having two or more distinct identities that are um have their own um personalities names ages and um what do they call um abilities and deficits the way that normal people do um and they are created at times of extreme trauma when there's no other way for the 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 the, the child um it start, has to have started pre the age of five um and in our case really sort of um almost immediately um we were in the world and so we've never had a main we've never had the chance for one character one personality to be solid um and so we've sort of shared the events that caused us to dissociate which which people do everyone can dissociate and everyone does dissociate to sort of help themselves be um be protected in situations where they can't cope um but if it happens too much you do it automatically and then for us it just more and more personalities and there are situations where you can be manipulated if you're in if the abuse that you've been involved in is um, part of a bigger group rather than individuals, there are instances where your ability to dissociate can then be manipulated and then they can make parts as well. And that's quite a frightening thought. You know, the things that you see on TV now, quite a lot, where they're... um, you know, mind control and brainwashing and all that stuff, and then when you know that, that actually does happen, and it's really hard to get your head round what what the world portrays as fiction as being real. That's that's a real. That's probably one of the things that we have a really big, big issue with, and because for for media, DID is just you know, um, or multiple personalities or is 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 just a is such a great thing for them because yeah who what actor wouldn't want to play like multiple parts it's like it's like a great testament you know and it happens the number of TVs you see, loads of shows where people switch character and they switch bodies and and then so it's it's all really weird to watch that on TV and so I guess that's partly why you don't. It takes a long time for most people, apparent most most people with DID, to to realise they have it. And I suspect part of that is because 
you, you um you kind of you don't think see it as credible it doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like something that normal people have and so you spend a long time thinking you're crazy and I think that's that's a really sad thing about any kind of mental health where people um feel stigmatized by or almost like they've let themselves down and you think it's your own fault um and that there isn't I don't think in the same way with physiological problems I don't think people blame themselves in the same way as as we do um we meaning you know everyone with with mental health concerns um the way the way is a as a sort of as a segment of society that people with mental health conditions somehow feel less than other people you feel you feel you feel like you're not right you're not as good as you're not um you're not kind of you're not how you should be you know and um and the difficulty with that is that if you spend all your time thinking that you're not how you should be, you're just you're sort of wasting your your life because you can't you can't not be how you are. Um, so it's about sort of embracing how you are and working with working with what you've got. So one of the first um, things that, that we've learned to do now we've been diagnosed is um, is to is to accept new per- new personalities and and not because we used to you know um, think God it can't it can't be someone new because they're the same age as that person or you know who we've already got and so. Maybe they're the same person, but they're not. They're they're different, and um, so it's about kind of accepting that, and then and then moving on, um, moving on to accept that this is how it is, and that what we want to do and need to do is to learn to live with what we've got to the best of our ability. So it's not about getting rid of other personalities or um because we to us that would be like someone dying that would be like you know killing off people um it's about finding a way um through therapy and through finding out what everyone knows about our past which is um has a lot of amnesia in it so finding out the truth of the our historical story and then being able to live together and to use each other's um I suppose ideally to use each other's abilities and and try and eradicate some of our deficits <laughs> would be nice um but it's like because we we the, the, the bizarre thing as well is I think that if we didn't have DID we wouldn't be so creative we wouldn't have so many different facets to our um abilities because we have um 
one lad, he's he's we're mostly boys, although it's a female body. But apparently, that's that's not unusual. It's because it's we feel safer. You know, there's less threat. And um, and we've got a seventeen-year-old boy, and he's like awesome at maths. But if you've not, so you have to get him to do, you know, your tax return because. Um, if we let one of our five-year-olds do it, it would be, you know, all he wants to do is go and eat McDonald's. And um, so it's kind of... But then seeing the world through so many different perspectives is a... I suppose it's almost like a gift, and that perhaps kind of sounds like we're grasping at straws to find some kind of silver lining to it, but... If you don't do that, you're just. It would be too easy to spend all your time thinking, "I don't want to be like this." And again, that doesn't serve any purpose. I think it's. I could be wrong. We might have to Google this, but I think the Vietnamese don't have a. Um, they don't have a tense for might have or could have, so. Um, Whereas we will, in English, you can say, well, you know, but, you know, you were going to be on the bus and the bus crashed. Um, or what if I'd been on that bus? And, but, and when then we have this whole kind of energy sort of consumption where we spend all our time going what if what if this and what if that and you and you can get depressed about that and you can get anxious mm. about that and you can do the what if what if um you know and then there's this whole culture that just you know if you said to someone you know but what if we were on the bath well we weren't you know and that's and it's done and it's like well to a degree not learning to not compare yourself to other people I think it was I think it was Socrates who said we should teach, treat equal people equally and unequal people unequally. And the idea that everyone is the same is, is just bobbins, basically. It doesn't... You can't, you can't have equality because you, what you need to do is treat people according to their needs, not, not everyone in the same way. Um, and... Um, well, that's probably our biggest um, it's probably our, our biggest sort of consoling feature is that accepting you're different is not always a bad thing um, but I think that's probably probably is one of the hardest things it's probably one of the hardest things about mental health I think is to accept that you're you're okay as you are if that makes sense um, ironically we get a lot of support from um, the Marvel franchise <laughs> um, I think um, there's something about their sort of, their sort of superhero um, stories that I don't know that, that that sort of that helps us to feel um, 
that we can cope with life that other people it's like it's the um I guess I guess it's like it's it's like it's the uh it's like the underdog story isn't it if you think you know that that most of the marvel characters really really boring now but like you know the hulk and iron man and and, and um captain america and so on they've they've all they've all overcome an, an adversity they've no, none of them have asked for the power they've got none of them have asked um well actually captain america kind of did but you know they didn't they didn't they were all less than and then they were made into something more than they were superhero stories give us rather than just feeling that we are different they show you that you can use your difference for good <laughs> good yes we are egomaniac superheroes that's the, <laughs> that's the no i think it's it's like it's that you know it's, it's spider-man you know with great power comes great responsibility i'm not saying that but but actually with great difference as in you know being given something different in reality yeah our reality that we live in is not the same as most people's um and now we've learned that it's, it's almost it's the power of that it's not that we have power it's that we have an understanding of difference and you then you have a responsibility to yourself to live with that and to do the best you can with that difference and to and you have a responsibility to others to just just to be the best you can with that and to and to and I think and to share to be open about it and to I think people I've never understood this with any any minority group is that people um if minorities want to be um they want to be treated as equal they want to be um part of you know they would treat us the same by because of our, our gender or our sexuality or our race or whatever and then they go and form but they do that by forming groups where they can all be together in their own minority and and I do understand there are times when that's 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 necessary, but for us, um, in um, I suppose in minorities of gender and sexuality and mental health, um, apparently DID is so rare that it's not even taught to um, physicians and, and and therapists and stuff. It doesn't. You know, and and a lot of professionals don't even believe it exists. Um, you know, I don't want. I want to be able to. I want to be able to live as part of. Part of them. I want to live as. I want to live and be accepted as part of the majority because I'm still a person. We still have. Well, we have, two hundred times as much to give <laughs> as some of our friends say that they're like, oh, you know, I didn't have many friends and then I met you and now you know life's never dull you don't know um you know there's so much 
variety um, that, that if you find the positive sides of DID or whatever mental health condition you, you, you live with um, I suppose and I don't want to sound flippant because I guess there are conditions I mean like I guess like schizophrenia or um, you know, clinical depression and things like that there are a lot of mental health conditions that are that are physiological and 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 are ill and are illnesses and people don't want to necessarily call them that um, because because they find it frightening. Um, but the thing I suppose with our condition is that there isn't, although other people may differ, there isn't actually anything wrong with us. There's nothing biologically wrong or chemically wrong with my brain it's it's just evolved into a different way um of of living and and maybe i don't want to sound disrespectful to the people who you know have a different different diagnosis this is purely you know how we how we live because um i don't know quite how embracing you know, we would be of, of the same sort of a physiological thing, but then, but then you can. I suppose it's you know it's that not not letting yourself become a label, isn't it? Not letting yourself um, be defined by one aspect of your personality. That even if you are depressed or bipolar or schizophrenic you're still a person and you've still got that's just one aspect um and that the good thing is to spend your time the time when you can and you're well enough to do the things you want to do and not to be judgmental of yourself for what you can't do when you're not well i think that's i think that's really important you don't want it to sound overly positive because there are times when just life is just a big pile of shit and nothing makes sense and and trying to put pieces together and then and then one of the big things with the idea is denial is that you you, you know you you don't want to be different so you try and deny at first that you've got multiple personalities and then you try and deny why you've got multiple personalities and um, because your memories have been put in your brain they've been we've they're coded differently because they're coded under stressful and traumatic situations so they're not put in as memories they're put somewhere else so when you do remember them as flashbacks or whatever they don't they don't appear like real memories so you then you don't know whether to trust them or not um and that's why it's really important to have a good therapist and and i suppose that's that's important as well with therapy is to keep going until you find the right person with the right type of therapy that suits you because um the NHS automatically, their first port of call is a sort of a six weeks 
CBT and that's not going to fix a lot of people's problems. Um, but some, you know, some CBT works brilliantly f for some things for some of the time. But um, it's having the confidence to say, okay, that hasn't done what I need it to do. What else can I try? Rather than saying that hasn't done what I needed it to do, therefore I'm unsavable. I'm, you know, and I have to live with it myself. And I think with regard to other people we've met in the past and stuff, I think there's a lot of people who do that or they're not prepared to look at themselves and they're too frightened and I think fear of yourself is is a really it's a really sad place to live if you're frightened of um, what's inside you because you, you you'll never be you can never be truly honest with yourself you're never going to get the most out of life that you can because you're always I mean maybe we see it really clearly because some of our parts when they show up and they tell us stuff that's happened and it's horrible and we don't want to know about it it's really easy to just say well I'll just ignore them I don't we'll just not talk to them and pretend they don't exist and, and perhaps it's easier for us to see than people who have a singular mind so you just have different thoughts and um, you're perhaps less aware that you're blocking off things whereas if you're blocking off an actual person it's a bit like blocking someone on Facebook it's easier to know, it's more distinct but it doesn't help because as we found they, they, don't, they don't leave, they stay and then they start to mess stuff up because you can't hold, you can't and you shouldn't have to hold all your concerns inside you and you shouldn't have to feel that you need to fix everything on your own, that, that you can't have a good support network of friends and that friends won't be there to, to support, not to fix you but to walk that sounds twee, but to walk the path with you, to be to be alongside you, and 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 having friends, and having having, you know, we we find that having lots of friends, I say lots, a handful of friends who are happy, who have said to us, you know, if you need to ring us any time of day, because life's too too hard, then we're here and actually having what we can then say to them is that because we have half a dozen or so people who've said that none of them actually feel they have to take on all the responsibility of us because it's really important that people don't feel responsible for you um, because I think when they do that's when they start to back away because you become too much but the fact that our friends know that if it's 11 o'clock at night and we're having a really bad time if we ring them and they don't answer and they just get a missed call from us they'll know that we'll have then tried to ring someone else and they know that if we can't get anyone we'll ring um, the doctor or we'll ring an ambulance or whatever and then that they know that we've got that sort of protocol almost in place because it's 
it's it's we've been on the other end of that of people who you know are wanting to kill themselves or whatever and they they want you to be the only person who is there for them and that's not no one should have the responsibility of someone else's life sort of in their hands because it's 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 not it's just not viable it's just not it's just not 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 fair um so i think taking that's something else we've learned is to, that people people are more happy than you at first realize to be there for you um when you it's boundaries it's all about boundaries see my therapist would be so proud of me it's all, all about boundaries it's all about yeah being open and just and just saying you know um helping other people to understand you and, and what you need and most people if you i think most i don't know if this is true in all maybe all relationships on any level there's an awful lot of people who expect the other person to intuitively know what they want and then when they're not given it they get angry or frustrated or upset and in actual fact people don't know what's going on in your head and they don't know what necessarily will make it better unless you tell them but most people we've found if you say to them you know if I'm having a flashback and you can see that we've dissociated, if you can, you know, do this, remind us we're okay, um, you know, sit with us till it's over, whatever, once you've given them sort of two or three, almost, you know, literally sort of direct instructions, then they relax and they don't mind and they don't, they're not fearful of it and, and they're more than happy to do it. Most people, if you ask them to do something directly, I'm more happy to do it than we expect they would be, I think. Because people like to be asked to help. The world's so fixated on success and what, what success is measured as, whether it's how many followers you've got, how much money you earn or whatever, um, that it's, it, it's really hard to step back from that and say, actually, I mean, for us... In all, in all seriousness, you know, um, if we didn't have, if we hadn't, if our brain hadn't managed to have DID, we would not be alive now. We have been told that with with no uncertainty from, um, you know, from from DID specialists, that you know this is what has kept us alive. And sometimes you think, actually, do you know what? I'm just should be impressed that I've managed to live this long you know and apparently DID has the highest suicide rate successful suicide rate of all all conditions including bipolar schizophrenia depression and 70% of people with DID will try it um, try to commit suicide at least once and you kind of think we've we've never done that, and it's like we've been close, really, really close. But and doesn't mean we're not suicidal because we are suicidal on almost a daily basis. Well, no, on a daily basis, um, but not for all of the day. But it the strength to get through that 
that's a success, isn't it, really? That's, it's, you know, okay, so I'm not out there earning 50k and I'm not, I haven't sold, you know, my body weight in books yet and that wouldn't be that many books, but, you know, but it, it, I may not look, I may not own my own house, I may not have the perfect family, but actually, given the circumstances I've been brought up in, it's pretty good that I'm just still here. Maybe I should just take that win instead of worrying about all the other ones. Oh, great. Thanks. I know how difficult it can be to share these stories. And so I do really appreciate everyone that does. And also, I really appreciate you for taking the time to listen. If you feel like you would like to contribute to a future episode of these mental health stories, um, then please do get in contact. My email address is marcus at theministryofchange.org. And you can also check out my website, which is www.theministryofchange.org, for more details about my mental health journey around the UK, uh, where I've been, where I'm going, and other ways that you can get involved in the project. And uh, it would be really great if you could help me by rating this podcast in iTunes and leaving a review so I can reach more people. Um, I also, I'm doing this podcast because I really, really believe in them. Uh, and But I'd like to make it a little bit more financially sustainable so I can continue to put them out. Um, so if you like listening and you feel that you can support my journey, uh, then and the podcast and have a look at my Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com forward slash ministry of change um and by contributing to that you receive extra content bonus podcasts uh group calls and a number of other way- other ways to go sort of deeper into this journey with me um but the most important thing is that you listen and thank you very much for that and i hope to see you again here soon goodbye